Housing HQ Podcast, episode 45. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Direct mail is the number one method myself and most other investors are using in today's market to buy discounted investment properties. And yellowletters.com is the company we use to get the job done for us. Not only are the folks at yellowletters.com expert marketers, but they are real estate investors themselves. So they understand exactly what you need to be successful in this business. Contact a rep at yellowletters.com today to begin working on a direct mail campaign that fits your real estate investment needs and budget. And mention the code HFHQ to get 10% off your next order. Need funding for your deals? Looking to take your current house flipping business to the next level? Anchor Loans is one of only two companies that we currently are using to get our house flipping deals funded. Whether you're looking to get partial or full funding, Anchor Loans has a program that will work for you. For more information, visit anchorloans.com and as always, mention my name, Justin Williams, or House Flipping HQ so they know where you came from. Home, home that I wanted to buy, home, home that I wanted to buy. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot drive anywhere without seeing houses everywhere, and I want them all. I see houses all the time. I think, oh, that house would be such a great opportunity. Oh, that one. Oh, I could build out this lot. I got a square footage here. Oh, that house definitely needs a rehab. I want them all. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the House Bing HQ podcast, where we help you take control of your financial future through learning how to create your own house flipping business. Today, we brought back Robert Fragoso, uh, with whom I we focused on a specific topic today. He's been going around and doing these presentations to realtors on how they can work with investors to get more listings. And I'm like, dude, I'm always having people who are investors and want to figure out how to work with realtors. So why don't we flip the table on your presentation and teach investors how they can work with realtors. So we actually discussed both of those things. I know I have a lot of uh, realtors out there as well that would like to work more with investors. So uh, it was great discussion, great topic. I think you'll have some incredible takeaways. And working with agents is actually the main way that Robert is currently buying houses uh, with his company in this market. So it's uh, it was a pretty good interview. So a lot of you have been asking about the big one, the big triple F fell fast flipping program, which we'll be launching next month. Well, I really wanted to have the information page up for you ready today, but I tell you what, just like you guys are failing fast in your house flipping business, I am failing fast with all of this new technology I get to deal with. And I spent the last few days, especially yesterday, I spent all day uh, recording video and trying to get this lighting figured out and audio. It's been a lot of fun. I've been learning a lot. Um, finally got the video all done. My broski Derek helped me out a ton. He was down. I really appreciate it. And um, the video's ready. Now we're just doing the final edits. Mark's getting everything all ready so we can have the information page for you. So we will definitely have that for you by next week. But let me give you a little bit of info so you can be prepared. First off, like I mentioned before, you go to housewingingHQ.com slash webinar, and I will be discussing the FailFast program on the next uh, couple webinars that we have in detail. So you can get more information there. But this is going to be a 12-week intense program, which will include mind-blowing education. I will cover A to Z everything you need to know from the fundamentals of house flipping to how to create the systems in which you can grow and scale your house flipping business. Now, it's not just going to be about education. In fact, even more importantly, it is going to be all about implementation. 
So every single week, you are going to have an assignment which will be related to the topic in which we discussed. What I'm finding more and more is that so many people out there are getting the education, but then they have this fear of failure and they don't take action. So we are going to cause, we're gonna make you take action. You're gonna be held accountable for doing these things as being a part of the program. It's amazing. This has been our action taking week in the beta program. And I'm so amazed at how many people were learning so much but never really did anything. And now they've been forced out of their comfort zone because they will be more comfortable actually taking the action than getting the wrath of Justin Williams. <laughs> so they're taking these actions. It's amazing to see them learn and grow through their trials, through their failures, through the things they didn't realize. And that'll help them eventually uh, get the success that they're looking for. So each week you will have an assignment in which you must complete. And we'll also have regular weekly goals. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a ton of accountability, a ton of education. It, the education in itself will be bar none, the best education out there. And then the implementation puts it over the top. And then I'm also, as a bonus, I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm giving away six months free of the house flipping mastermind group as well. So little spoiler alert there, uh, but be ready for that information page for the next time. And if you're interested in getting more details right now, you can go ahead and shoot uh, Mark an email at info at houseflippinghq.com and we can get you that information. All right, and with that, let's get a cracking with our interview, or I should say our tutorial on how to work with real estate agents and agents how to work with investors with Robert Fergoso. All right, everybody, uh, welcome to the show today. I'm super excited to have Robert Fergoso back on with us again. Robert, how's it going? It's going fantastic right now. I'm really, really stoked with, stoked with the uh, how the market's performing, how our company's grown, and the trajectory we're on. Good. I, I love hearing that. It's always good to hear. Right before uh, this call, just a couple minutes ago, you were telling me how busy you've gotten this week. Just a bunch of uh, unexpected business, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I, I uh, two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, last week, I didn't anticipate speaking all week long. And for some reason, I ended up doing all these trainings like almost every day that week because these other trainers ended up canceling or like one was a real estate club that meets here at my office and their speaker missed their flight coming from Jeez. Sacramento. So I ended up doing that one. Um, the Montebello Association of Realtors, their speaker ended up having like gallstones and had to go into the hospital. And so I filled in. And so there was like, and then there was one other one, I forget which other one, but I, you know, so I had all these speaking engagements that I didn't plan on doing, which obviously gets the word out about what we do. And consequently now it's kind of trickled into more phone calls and business and what have you. Nice. That's a good problem, right? Yeah, it's not bad. It's just, <laughs> my wife's in China right now, so that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my kids and I'm like, oh crap, now I'm really busy. <laughs> you know, I always think only if we could strike that perfect balance, you know, sometimes not busy enough, sometimes too busy. It's like, right. you know, only if we could level that out a little bit, that'd be great. You know, you can't complain about being too busy. Yeah, no, it's it's that, that's always like the problem everyone wants to have. Right? Yeah, yeah. As long as it's good busy, which means you're making money, right? Right. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so just like you were talking about all these speaking engagements you've been doing a few weeks ago, you and I were talking, and you were telling me about um, how you've been giving this presentation to realtors on how they can better work with um, investors and how that can grow their business. Right. So one of the problems that I see is you have investors and agents and they really don't know how to interact well together. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> and so what happens right now is most investors, they go to an agent and they're like, hey, find me a deal. Right. And that's their focus is trying to network with the agents to get them more deals. And because they're so focused on this one target of finding the deals, because that's really, for the most part, how an investor is going to make the money. Right. Yeah. However, there's other ways to get together with investor with agents and really have that relationship start versus first having them find a deal, especially when you've got a scenario where a lot of investors want to rocket to the top of that agent's list is like when they do get a deal, yeah. they want to be the first call. Yeah. Well, what happens is if you're just the guy saying, hey, find me a deal, you're not at the top of that list. You're just another guy that's asking them 
find me a deal. Yes. And so there are techniques that you can basically put out there to help them, to help you rocket to the top of that list. From an agent perspective, what we're training is we're training um, them how to work with investors because a lot of times agents, what they do is they typically go to an investor and they know that like, hey, Justin, you've got these houses. Let me list that house for you. Yeah. And I want the listing. And yeah. I'm, yes. I'm sure you ate that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> yeah. Why should I give you this for free? Um, and so, you know, what, basically what I trained them is I trained them on the different techniques of making a connection with an investor that does not involve asking for the listing. I think that's so interesting because I have people that I educate all the time asking me, how do I find a good agent? I can't find the right agent. And then you've been speaking to all these agents and they want to find an investor to work with. And it's like, let's just get everybody together. All right. Let's <laughs> I, mean, I, I have a mixer on Friday where we've invited a bunch of investors. We've invited a bunch of like, uh, of agents just, and we do these all the time, right? Yeah. I think you've been, you've been to the one at the, uh, a couple of them now at the, at the suites that we do. Um, but yeah. this is the bigger one. There'll be, my guess is 100, 150 people or something. But, you know, the goal is to get them just interacting so that they can communicate better. And, and if you build a social connection first before it's just a cold call, that those relationships tend to work out a little bit better, I think. I like that. We need to do like a speed dating service with agents and investors, I think. You know, it's funny. I, I, <laughs> I tried doing that once and um I couldn't ever get it set to where it was an actual speed dating type where you just move from table to table. And so you meet everyone so that even if you suck at networking, you would at least meet, let's say 10 people, right? Totally, yeah. You know, but it's, uh, yeah, I just never, I never, I never put it together. Well, I love it. Okay. So let's break it down. What, let's talk about some of these strategies. I know tons of investors that would love to know how to work with the agents, but I feel like, like you said, they just go about it the wrong way. And they look, it's almost like sometimes they look at the agent as the enemy. And I think the agent does the same thing to the investor. And it's important that I think we recognize the two perspectives so we can better work together. Yeah. So, you know, right now what happens is this, is you've got um, the, from an agent, let me give you the agent perspective so that the investors can understand this. And maybe, I mean, I know that you've got both agents and investors that listen to the podcast and, you know, from the agent's perspective, investors are just the most unloyal people you could ever meet because essentially what happens is they bounce from agent to agent trying to go out there and find the deals. And right now the market's a, it's a mature marketplace here locally in Southern California. Um, I know even in other parts of the, the, the country, if they implemented these same type of techniques, they would get more deals even when there is a lot of inventory. What happens is this, is that and this technique that I've been teaching the agents tends to work better in a market that has low inventory like we do here in, in California. Okay. And, but essentially what it does is this, is don't approach the agent for the deal, right? That's from an investor standpoint. From an agent perspective, what I tell them is don't approach the investor for the listing. If you approach them for the listing, it's like a wall instantly goes up. And I'm sure you meet an agent and they're like, hey, I know you just bought this property. Oh, yeah. And you've committed it to someone probably already, right? I get letters every day from agents. Every day. Every day. Every day. What happens is this, is that it's such a low percentage shot that they're going to get that listing for just asking for it. Yeah. That's the end of their conversation. Yeah. It's basically, maybe they say, hey, you know, there's a little bit more, you know, uh, um, just conversation built into that. That is, is, let's say... uh, uh, you know, like what, what else do you have? What do you have coming up? Is, are the, can I list those properties? And it's all listing based because the agent typically thinks that that's where their income is going to come from. Well, it's like they're asking, in my perspective, that's like asking me for free money. Right. Here, can I have some of your money? Okay, no problem. Here you go. Right. You know, but they look at it as, oh, I'm an agent. I'm amazing. I'm going to list this house for you and you can't do it on your own. You right. need me. You know, and I don't, I don't see it like that. They're the number one agent, right? They're yeah. always... How many number one agents is there? <laughs> There's about a hundred in each market, I think. <laughs> it's, everybody's a number one. I don't know how they, it must be really tough to count to number one. <laughs> it's easy to count to like 6%, right? You can count the, to there. They're the number one on their street. Right. <laughs> Somebody's the number one. My mom said I'm number one. I swear. <laughs> so, but the reality is this, is what happens if they figure out how else to create value with a relationship with an investor, that you become on the investor's team. And then when you're on the investor's team or you're an investor and you're on the agent's team, then, you know, you have a working relationship and that's how you create that bond. And that's how you do that. Now, like one of the things, basically, let me just summarize what you just said. When you're giving someone free money, 
basically what you don't want to work with is a lazy agent. No. An agent who's simply just asking you for the listing is a lazy agent. Yeah. That's their they think their job is to ask you for the listing. Their job is really to add value to you as a client. And if you add if they add value somehow, you're probably going to then give them a listing or they're going to earn their listing. Yes, exactly. And so what I explain to agents is this is when you're working with investors and this is a scenario that I teach and I've got like spreadsheets and what have you or, or uh, PowerPoints, but this is the example. If you take 15 investors, if you're an agent and you'd find these 15 investors that are flipping properties and let's say they're not a big Justin Williams, Robert Fergoso type <laughs> that is doing, you know, triple digit type houses a year or something like that. It's they're doing, let's say 15 deals a year. That's all. That's okay. not, that's a full-time, that's probably a full-time investor that is trying to break into the business and do more, right? Yeah, no, that's a great number. So it's not a guy that's doing one. And even if it's doing one, that's fine. You still work with those guys. But if you just look at the model, if you find 15 guys, and I know, I'm sure you know 15 guys that yeah. do at least 15 deals a year, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yep. And most agents know a lot of investors, but you just take that number, 15 times 15, that's 225 transactions, mm -hmm. right? Look at a top producer in any office, the number of units for most top producers in, in let's say our marketplace here in California is about somewhere around 50 deals a year. Uh -huh. So, okay. That's, that would be, that would classify you as a somewhere in that top producer, maybe not the number one guy, but you would, most people would consider that a top producer. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, so take, if you've got 15 investors that do 15 deals a year, right? That's 225 listings that they bought. Now what that means is that's 200 25 listing commissions that an agent earned and another 225 sales commissions that an agent earned that investor then buys it they fix it they resell it that's another 225 relisting right when they're going to resell it and another 225 potential buyers commissions mm -hmm. so just from these 15 guys that's 900 points of commission that an agent can possibly earn now is an agent ever going to earn all 900 points Never, never going to happen, right? Yeah. Unlikely they find the deal, they sell it to the investor, they then relist it and then find the buyer. That yeah. long shot. Yeah. However, if they're not very good and they can capture, let's say 5% of that business, that's 45 transactions. Yeah. That puts them into a top producer category. Yep. That involves asking for the listing and you shouldn't ask for the listing. So what you should do initially to start working with these investors is this is as an agent perspective, and we'll reverse it just in a second, what the investor should do. You know, right now there's a shortage of inventory. So what happens is that a lot of these buyers that are out there, they're, they're competing with the marketplace. And the marketplace, if you look at nationally, like I'll, I'll use a 2012 stat, which is an old stat, and we'll move it forward. But 2012, 58% of all transactions nationally were cash buyers. And so that means that the cash buyer outnumbered the homeowner. Wow or the, the conventional buyer. So if you look at that stat, and that's that's trickled down from 2012 now, I think it's 40 some odd percent nationally, okay. but still significant, that, that means, let, let's say roughly half or slightly less than half of all transactions happen with a cash buyer. So if you're an agent and you're not catering to a large portion of that cash market in one degree, from some degree or another, right? Or some, mm -hmm. Then what happens is that you're missing out on a large part of the market. And yeah. from an agent perspective, so if you're sitting there trying to work with, let's say, these first-time buyers that are getting either an FHA loan or a conventional loan, and you're making offers on these properties, and it's a property they want, they're competing against, essentially, better qualified buyers. Even if it's not a flip investor, but it's a, let's say, buy and hold investor, or just a person who's moving up that has more cash than your first-time buyer, then, you know, your, your buyer is going to have to make multiple offers yep. or okay in order to get that house. For sure. So, you know, if from a seller's perspective, and you're a seller, I'm sure you've taken offers that are lower than the top offer for a better qualified buyer. Absolutely. All day long. You want the deal that's going to close because yep. that's that's the money, right? Yep. You don't necessarily want the guy that, hey, it might close and you make an extra 10 grand. Yeah. It, you're dealing with contingencies, loan, appraisals are a huge thing. Yeah. And if it falls out, you know from experience already that th those offers have a, liar, a higher likelihood of falling. Oh, yeah. Cash is king and velocity of money, everything. I could name 100 reasons all right. day long. So I explained this to the agent, and, and this is what they're competing against, right? So I say is, listen, if from an agent perspective, let's say they went to Justin. And they said, Justin, you know, here's what I'm going to do. And this is the, the exact line I tell them to tell investors. I specialize in working with investors, and I'm going to help you 
increase your yield by shortening your hold time. And essentially what they've just done is said, I'm going to try to sell your house before it hits the market. You tell me what you want to sell your house for, and I'm going to expose it to my network of buyers, and I'm going to get you a fully like ready to go full price type offer, right? So now if you could sell your house and I'll just ask you this question. If you could shorten your hold time, right? By let's say 30 days, because it it hasn't, you know, you're not done with the rehab, you're in the rehab process. Uh That increases your yield by at least one twelfth because you shaved that one. Yeah, for sure. Right. So your yield then goes up. Less money I have to pay Robert. Well, that's right. (laughs) But it's all same time it's uh it increases your yield because you're the velocity of the transaction oh i'm all about velocity of money to me every deal is like hot potato how quickly can we turn this thing get it over your risk once it's gone your risk is okay i'm done moving on right right Right. and if basically an agent came to you and said listen i'm going to get you full price for this house that you're just in the middle of rehab right now um because i have buyers that are looking at this transaction would you take that offer oh for sure okay so that it's an easy in for most agents and what happens is now, have they asked you for a listing? No. When you put it on the market, were you going to pay their commission anyway? Yeah. So it costs you absolutely nothing from an investor standpoint. Yeah. From an agent standpoint, they didn't ask for the listing. And now this agent that's trying to move your property is on your team. Yeah. And let's say they can't, from an agent perspective, let's say they can't move your property, right? It's okay. What they should do is this. They've got all these buyers. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what the investor should essentially, when you're working with the agents, to say, hey, use me as a tool to make more money elsewhere as well. If, because I'm on your team, you know, help me when you find a deal, give it to me. But the opposite is true. And here's what you should do. Use my off-market properties mm-hmm. to get your buyers to commit to buying from you. Mm-hmm. See, from an agent standpoint, the reason they want to be a listing agent and the reason they are asking you for the listing is because that's the only like guaranteed income that they can have. Yes. Have the listing, they put it on the MLS, they know they're going to earn. When they represent the buyer, it's an unknown. Will the seller accept this offer? Will the seller pick mine out of all these offers? Will my buyer buy from me? Because there's really very little commitment. And if you think of it from a buyer's perspective, why would you commit to an agent and and have that agent only be the one that works with you to find a house to buy? You know, it's the reason why investors don't have a lot of loyalty is because you're looking for the deals and a lot of times they want to double end it. Yep. Let me give you something that happens in real life and, 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 and agents hate when this happens, but let's say you're take you're, you're, um, you're working with a, uh, um, let's say you're an agent, you're working with a buyer and this buyer is qualified. You took the time, you got them pre-qualified with a lender. They're going to be they're, They want to buy a house in the next 30 days. Right. Yeah. You think, wow, this is great. I'm going to show them. Now you've got to contend with that the offers you make get accepted. So you got to fight for that client Yep. Um, and they might not get accepted. Right. So yep. you, you, you risk losing that deal. Whereas if you have a listing, you're, you've got a contract, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you also have, you run the risk of this guy walking into somebody else, someone else's open house. And that agent says, Hey, are you working with someone? Oh yeah. I'm working with someone already. Well, if you write it through me, I'll help you get this house. It's my listing. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so they screw other agents, right? Yeah. <laughs> Want to make more money. I mean, it's pretty cutthroat. Yeah. And so, and the agent's like, or the buyer's like, well, I just want the house. I don't really know this guy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> took me to lunch once. I don't really, I, I, they have no loyalty. Yeah. Now, from an, also from a buyer's perspective, it's like, okay, well, really, what do you need an agent for? You need them to write up the contract, right? Mm-hmm. Fight for you a little bit on that offer. Yeah. Um, and open the door. They're really a glorified, like, open yeah. house person because they really that's what they're doing because from a buyer's perspective i mean they've all heard of google and zillow and realtor.com and redfin and and every other agent's website that gives them an idx feed to all the listings that are in their area yep any listing agent who's worth anything puts a bunch of pictures of the house on right yep so you've already seen for the most part all of the houses you know in advance that you like it really you're walking through to see the floor plan the flow and see if it's not just like photoshopped or something but yeah for the reality is you've seen most of everything that's on the market when you're trying to buy a house. And the agent just has the super key. Right. That's <laughs> really it. That, that's the whole value. And that's what brings them to not want to deal with the buyers because it's really, it's not a steady flow of income. If you look at most of the top producers, they incorporate a high amount of, uh, of buyers into their transactions right. annually. It's not just all listings. Yeah. And so, when you look at this and you look at this relationship, how an agent can sit there and work with investors is like shortening your whole time, mm-hmm. 
right? But at the same time, they can go and they can say, um, you know, listen, buyer, you know, I'm not like every other agent. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I'm your friend or I want to be your friend. I'm not going to take you to lunch. I'm not going to pretend your kid's cute. <laughs> cat and they're allergic to cats, you know, it's going to sit there and say, my job is this, my job is to help you find a house. And my job is to expose you to all of the inventory that's available in your area, not just what is on the MLS. Nice. I have access to all of this off market inventory, right? They've got 15 investors, 15 deals, 225 deals potentially that are off market. Yeah. I'm going to show you this off market inventory that you can't get from Zillow. You can't get it from Trulia. You can't get it from realtor.com. You can't get it on the MLS. Yeah. And I'm going to get you there first. And for that, we're going to exchange something. I want the commission and you want to find a house. Yeah. Whether you buy a house from your aunt, your mom's house, your neighbor's house, somebody else's open house, you know, the MLS or one of these off market listings, you're going to guarantee me that I'm going to be your buyer's representative. And the reason you're going to guarantee me this is because I'm going to offer you something that nobody else can offer you. And that's all this off market inventory. Nice. Agents, if they're smart, they then start to work from investors. Now let's swap that around to how the investors can now approach the agents to get to the top of their list. Okay. Basically train the agents exactly what I just told you is listen, use me as your tool. Use me as your tool when you're approaching these short sales that are out there so I can write the offer. Because if you look at a short sale transaction, a short sale transaction, that seller is really not incentivized to sell. Yeah. times like I, I spoke with a broker this morning, get this. She's about to close a, a short sale transaction came in at value. She's, she calls me up and she tells me, you know, this, she goes, I'm about to close a short sale where the person hasn't made a payment in 75 months. Jeez. Six years. Right, that's six. It's almost six and a half years. Oh my gosh. And you know, she is finally going to short sale. Was this guy incentivized to sell really quick? No. <laughs> Got six years for free. <laughs> he's, and he's done. And, and it's just, so from an investor standpoint, you can sit there and tell, listen, use me as the offer. Because this guy, he doesn't want to have open houses. He doesn't want to clean his house. Yeah. He's living for free. Yeah. Why is he incentivized to sit there and get out of that deal? Totally. They're really not. So now say, listen, use me. I'll write up the offer on that house. I don't even have to go see it. I'm just going to give you an offer. Use that offer. Say, listen, we don't have to put this. If this offer goes through, then you don't have to have one open house. We'll put it on the market. It goes pending the first day because you've got the offer already. Yep. And you sit there and you submit it to the bank. Now, the bank, you may be a lowball offer because you're an investor, right? Mm -hmm. The bank might say, hey, it doesn't work. Yeah. From an agent's perspective, now that they've got the bottom line from the bank already. Mm -hmm. So from an investor's standpoint, you have the potential of getting a deal, A, right? And B, if it doesn't work out, you've helped them earn more money, which is going to help you get to the, the top of their list when they do have a deal. When I they like do that deals that fall out. So that's one, one technique. The other thing is that you tell them, listen, I have all these off market properties. Just try to sell them initially. Mm -hmm. Can't give you the listing, but I'm going to pay the buyer's commission. Anyhow, mm -hmm. when the market, I'm just going to give you a heads up that these are the properties that are off market right now. Mm -hmm. Put it on a website. If you put it on a website, it's about the dumbest thing you can do because you lose the entire edge. Yeah. Right. The whole edge. And this, I tell the agents the same thing. Don't sit there and put an I've got off market listings and put it on the website because then it is available on the web and you lose all value from the people that will sign with you. Okay. And basically a buyer's contract for an agent is basically keeping the honest, honest, you know, saying, Hey, you're not going to go somewhere. Yeah. Car form from an investor standpoint, what you're doing is you're becoming a team member with them and you're saying, Hey, let me help you make more money. If I help you make more money, aside from you finding me a deal, when you find a deal, can I be the first one that, to take a look at it? And that's really all you want. You want to be the first guy that they like. And, like if, and if you're building that relationship and you're truly helping them and you're looking out for their best interests as well as your own without having to give them a listing, it's just, you, you'll find that you build these relationships that last so much longer. They'll call you for advice. They call you for other things. Yeah, I love that. So as an agent, I mean, you could have several, I mean, okay, as an investor, you could have several agents that you're giving your offline deals to, right? I mean, assume, okay, I guess you don't want to give it to too many because then it's like all of a sudden they're all sending it to all their people, right? But still, I mean, if you give it to a few people, it's probably not going to cross it. Give it to all of them. Give it to all of them. Okay, okay. Because somebody's going to sell it. See, here's the thing. Even if the value isn't necessarily that they sell your house. Yeah. Investor, it's a plus because you save time on the market, right? Yeah. Value is that you're helping them with something they can't get. Yeah. Okay. And then the value for the agent is that they have something their buyers can't get. Yes. So it doesn't matter how many have it. It just, they just need to get there first. Yeah, right. 
And so it's, it's just the information that helps you get there. Yeah. And you're trying to build this rapport. The other thing that happens is this, is like, I, I, you don't do uh, marketing yourself, right? But I know a lot of investors that we, market directly to sellers. We, we're, we're starting to do, we're starting to, I just hired an acquisitions guy. So yeah, we're starting to do that. So, you know, here's all these leads that come in and I consistently, I'm meeting, I, I meet wholesalers, I meet, you know, investors, they do all these mailers and, you know, they're marketing to, Hey, I can buy your house. They do the yellow letter campaign campaign. I'm looking for a house in this area or whatever they're doing. Right. But they're marketing directly to these sellers, mm-hmm. seller that calls an investor directly saying, Hey, yes, I'm interested in selling. That is like a gold ticket for a realtor. That's yeah. gold. I mean, that is because they spend all of their time door knocking and marketing, trying to find somebody who wants to sell. Mm-hmm. Well, the, from an investor standpoint, they sit there and these people call in and you offer them $200,000 for their house that they think they're going to get 300 and a quarter for. Yep. And they say, you know what? Pass. It's too low. Your offer is too low. Totally. That really doesn't need work. It's not, I can't sell it that cheap. For most investors, that's a completely dead lead. Yeah. Right. However, from an investor standpoint, if you really want to build the relationship, find the top agents over there and sit there and say, hey, listen, I've got this lead. It's a dead lead for me. It's a listing for you. Mm-hmm. And work out a marketing agreement with them to where they can reimburse your costs for marketing. Mm-hmm. So they have your marketing in essentially perpetuity, right? Yeah. Yep. And so because if the first money that comes out of this reimburses the marketing for that month. If you sit there and you do that, now you've given that lead. They've paid you for the marketing. You don't let them make their money on the listing, right? Yeah. Because they get a deal. So you want to give this to an agent that finds, that works with, that's investor friendly as well. So I really, I've heard of people who do that, but what they've done is they've had to do like a commission type split. But this is a great way for people who aren't realtors who can have their marketing reimbursed, right? I mean, that way you're not getting a commission split. They're paying you for marketing. It's got to be a flat amount because if you do it as a, as a percentage, you have to be licensed. Yeah. If you I like do, that. You do it as just an advertising company, you're a marketing company. But, and, and then now listen, this might be different in different jurisdictions. I'm not an attorney, so you should check, but there are certain things that you can do with marketing. If you're marketing, if you're solely getting paid for marketing, you're not soliciting them for a listing at all. It's simply marketing. It's leads that they buy. Yeah. I like that. So if they're buying a lead, just like they would buy a lead from a title company, right? For something door knock on the NODs. That's just information. You're an information company. They're just going to have a very high likelihood of getting a listing because these people have already called you asking for a listing. So that's one way. The other way is, so these leads come through. Now, are you going to give this to one agent? Because the likelihood of that one agent converting that is probably, if they're a good closer, it's pretty good. Okay. However, the reality is that what you should do is create some sort of tracking. Let's say agent number one goes out and they don't, um, they can't convert. Mm-hmm. They they don't reach out to the people in the first 24 hours, much like an asset management that has, this creates, I mean, some work product on the investor's part, but it also helps you build your network. If you have a database or some sort of CRM base or something where you can interact with the agents and make them accountable for that lead, mm-hmm. see that lead is gold for you also. So when that lead and they door knock on that lead and that lead says, no, you know, I'm not going to list it yet. They already called you looking for an offer. So, you know, they have an interest in selling it might be that they just didn't connect with that agent. Mm-hmm. That agent wasn't the agent for them. That's true. So if you send them, send it to the next agent, the next agent might get, might be able to convert that lead. So your job is to make the most out of those leads as you can, because you're in the information business now. I like that. And then whatever agents converting the best, they become number one, right? I mean, <laughs> well, here, let me ask you a question. Do you want them to be number one? Because if, if let's say, the agent doesn't convert one. You've now helped three agents potentially get a listing hmm. and given them leads. Whereas if you gave it the first one, you lost out on the other two. Okay. Good point. Yeah. So mix it up kind of. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about, I mean, yes, you want to ideally have someone close, right? Yeah. But you wouldn't want to have like 10 bad guys. You just want to, you want to build your team of the good guys. And more importantly, you want to build your team of the good guys that are bringing you the other leads that you can actually buy. Totally. Right? So that's the goal. Yeah. So to, to your point though, that this does work. I, a couple of months, month or two ago, I was in Utah and I met with a guy up there who, he's, this guy's doing like a hundred wholesale deals a year. Right. And he just recently brought in an agent in house and they just hand him all the leads that, that don't work out. Um, and he's, this guy's making several extra thousand dollars wholesaler a month from doing this. So, I mean, the way you're mentioning it, but I was like, how can you do that if you're not, cause this guy's a, an agent 
So this is a fantastic way, but it, yeah, absolutely. There's all these leads that just kind of go to waste. That's a great way to maximize on. I love it. Well, you know, and it's funny. So if this guy, like he brought in the agents to make the commissions and, and cause that's what he's focused on. Yeah. I would have looked at it the opposite side. I'm already going to get the commissions from the guys I hire anyway. Right. I mean, why wouldn't I put this out to all of the other agents so that they can bring me all of their deals? Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a great strategy for sure. It's yeah. I'd rather look at the bigger picture versus the, the shorter commission points. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's awesome, Robert. So what else? I don't know. Now you got my heads, my wheels spinning. <laughs> and, and, and over time, I mean, the whole idea is to establish these relationships, which I always tell people, you know, people look at it as an, as an agent or another person as just like, a, I don't know, they just look at it as like, yeah, give me this, give me this, give me this. But it's like, you know, your wife, I'm sure you didn't just go up to her and be like, hey, let's get married. Okay, let's go. Like, right. I mean, you had to build a relationship, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what agents think like and investors too it's the same way i mean I, I see investors that like they email blast every agent you know that they have in their database every single monday or something and they say hey uh what do you have for me this week yeah and listen i think that's a great technique it's one technique that works i mean the, the real secret to business at the end of the day i think you know this is that nothing works 100 percent of the time no just try it all yeah it well and it all works a little bit right yeah take action and, and, if you try it all a little bit and you do more of that, you become more successful. Yeah. Try to explain this to my son. My son, you know, he, he plays baseball and he gets so pissed when he like, you know, he strikes out or something or he doesn't get on base. I said, you know, the major league pros that are sitting there, I mean, they get paid millions of dollars. They have their batting average is like 0. 0.350. I said, you yeah. know what that means? It's not 350. It's, it's 0.350. I said, you know what that means? Uh, like that's the best guy <laughs> about that. Right. Yeah. If he's point, that means he fails 65% of the time he gets at, at bat. Yep. It, he hits 35%. I tried to explain, I explained that. I said, so every, so when he goes up, if he goes up 10 times, he only gets on base three and a half times. You get on base, my kid, he was in Little League. I said, you get on base like maybe 60 or 70% of the time. <laughs> I said, you realize how great that is? Cause you know, it's Little League, right? It's not totally. a, it's not a fastball pitch, right? Yeah. And you know, I said, so don't get upset. I said, these pros right, do half as like half as good as you're doing. Yep. And they're really happy with the results. Yeah. So. Yeah. Robert, this is perfect. You know, I'm just, just launch, going to be launching the fail forward fast program. It's all about learning how to fail. Not, thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is uh, my son's really, uh, he's tough on himself because he's really competitive. Yep. And I keep trying to tell him, so listen, you know, everybody who's anybody fails often. The difference between a guy who loses and the guy who wins okay. is the guy who loses gave up. Yeah. The guy who wins just like, I mean, I don't know if we're like, it takes a certain mindset for an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It is so crazy since I've been educating the number one thing I've seen in people, just like you said, is the people who are successful in this business know how to fail and are okay with failure. The ones who aren't, they have too much pride and they give up and quit. I mean, look at like a doctor, someone who spends 10 years in college, spends hundreds of thousands of dollars and their time, they make nothing while they're there, but they don't have that expectation. So I think sometimes we give ourselves these huge expectations and we're embarrassed or something. I don't, or we just, I'm a failure, it didn't happen. And you can't look at it like that. You know, it's the people who they sit there, they make an offer, they go to a seminar, they spend all this money on a seminar, they go, they make an offer, and it's like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, and it doesn't work. It didn't work. I mean, it's not going to work. Nothing works 100% of the time, period. By the way, by the way, if you make an offer that's a lowball offer on a fully rehab property, it will never work. Never, <laughs> never. To work, right? Never. It's the whole science behind which properties to pick, which properties are basically ripe for a lowball offer, or a, I mean, here, this is what I tell people. You're an investor. You're not here to buy a property at a discount. I mean, if you sit there and you tell agents, hey, I'm looking for houses at 65 cents on a dollar, they're going to hang up on you. Yeah. You're going to pay full price for what that house is worth at That's the time. And you're going to add value by either adding on or fixing it up or taking it from a point that it's not ready to finance. It can't, it won't, that house won't qualify for conventional financing to a point where it will qualify for conventional financing. And not only will it qualify, but it's one of the better houses now on the block that is a more sustainable home. That's how you create value. And yeah. so if you can get a slight discount, great. But you don't really need a 35% off to sit there and make some money. Totally agree. And and you and I talked about this uh, last time, and I could not agree with you more because it's like most of the houses that we buy, sure, 
maybe because I will look at like I'll look at what's called what I call head to head comps. Like, what are other houses that are like my house selling for? And usually we're getting them for about the same price as those other houses, which tells me that's pretty much the as is value. So yeah, whenever people talk about pennies on the dollar or 60, it's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. It's usually like a guru term that gurus use who are trying to sell $40,000 right. coaching programs, right? And they want to get you in the door. I mean, look, listen, I mean, how, how intriguing is it? I can help you find a house for like 10 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Okay. That's called land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you got to spend 90% right. to build a house and you make nothing. Good job. Woo <laughs> Yet there are people out there making millions and millions and millions each year because people believe it. They believe the pipe dream. You know, it's wild. So You know, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's the guys that are boots on the ground that are working, that are actually doing it, that are the guys you're supposed to listen to. And that was one of the things that you know, I, I never did the big seminars or anything like that. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I'm so free with information is because people were free with information for me mm -hmm. when I started. And I've been in the business now for, I mean, it's, God, you know, it's 25 years, believe it or not. Jeez. And, you know, and so I really believe in kind of paying that forward and just kind of helping people out. You know, it's funny. I was at the Association of Realtors the other day and it, I, I spoke to their group. And one of the things that I said, I said, you know, agents have this philosophy that even within your own office, you guys don't share information for what's working with you because you want to be that top producer. And you're in this competitive like environment where, you know, the offices have, they have these competitions for top producer, top producer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they hoard information. And if you look at an agent that sits there and every single agent who's done a lot of listing presentations has gone out to do listings and not gotten the listing. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, the homeowner will tell them something like, Hey, listen, I'm going to interview three people. And uh, um, I'll let you know. Well, they're basically telling you it's not me, it's you. And mm -hmm. at that point, you have, even if you had a good presentation, you have a 33% shot of getting that listing. You know, if you're a smart agent, you're supposed to go back and tell the other agents, hey, you know what? I got to leave. This guy's going to sell. He's going to interview two other people. Um, why don't you guys go knock on his door? And even if the, the seller already had two other people that he was going to interview, if two more people and they're about to make this big decision that we knocked on the door, miraculously surprised, mm -hmm. wow, other agent showed up. How lucky am I? I can interview this guy right here on the door. And they do and they give their presentation um, and they get two more guys. That's five. Now you've got three chances out of five. You just raise your odds from 33% to 60% on earning on that lead. Totally. And trying to have this ego that I'm going to get the whole thing. Yeah. You only have a 33% shot. But the problem is that agents sit there and they don't um, – they don't look at it like a business and because they don't look at it like a business, I mean, they would all thrive so much more if they helped each other. And that's really what I love about investors investors. You know, there is no competition. It's not, it, I'm not trying to like outproduce you. No, you're not trying to outproduce me. You're just trying to like, you've got your business, you got your family to take care of. And you know, if there's techniques that work, there's so many properties out there. I mean, you know, it, it's, you're not really competing. Totally. I call it, I call it co-opetition because you work together and it's fun to kind of compete. And I say, Hey, this guy's doing this. Oh, let me see if I can push myself harder. It's like, I don't know if you've heard of like CrossFit, right? I used to go to CrossFit gym and those guys, like you try to beat each other, but you try to only because you want to improve it, uh, the same person as well, but you would rather the other person do better. Um, you don't care if they beat you or not really, you're just working together to keep up, right? To You're, you're not tripping them. No, no. And, and you're cheering for them when you're through and your goal is to really everyone improves collectively but agents yeah. agents don't do that yeah that's really interesting i mean not not to bring up too many analogies but i think of it as like let's say there's 10 investors and if i can if i can learn 25 percent of what all of them are doing i've now gone from what i know and increased my knowledge by you know 250 percent right um are those numbers right yeah okay <laughs> so anyway no i i agree i totally agree with that so uh, huge abundance mentality, right? So, um, all right, Robert. Well, you know, I don't think we need to drag this on too long. I think the things that you shared are incredibly, you know, insightful. Um, I want to thank you for, you know, you've sponsored our show, which is huge. I mean, we can't have the show if we don't have, you know, it's a business, right? If we don't have income coming in to, so I want to thank you Listen, for that. I'm going to cut you off for a second. And I'll just tell you, because I know a lot of people that like listen and, and they're already listening to your pod, but I, I recommend your podcast to a lot of people because what you're doing 
for the industry, for the investor industry, and just the real estate industry as a whole is really great. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to support you was because it's not like um, the information on these podcasts that are free right now, right? I yeah. mean, no, no, yeah, the podcasts are free. I have a coaching program, which, you know, they know where they can get more information on that, but it's all about giving out content. If people want more, great. But the fact that you're bringing people who are actually doing this business and they're sharing their secret, you know, it's, it's almost like you're Oprah. Because what happens is this, it's like people open up like to you for some reason, you know, you got this <laughs> smile for city guys <laughs> can't see us, but we can see each other. And, you know, and he's sitting there and he's like, you just want to like share more information. You know? <laughs> and, and you just extract, you, you, I, I told you this out, off air the last time you do a great job with it. And that's one of the reasons we sponsored. And I apologize for cutting you off, but I want to share that. And, you know, the people who are listening, tell your friends about it because it's like what we were just talking about. The more people you help, the more your network grows. And the more your network grows, the more your net worth grows. And you just need to like follow that. You know, actually, I love your Oprah analogy because it's interesting. Oprah helps so many people and look how successful it made her. And that's just kind of, I think, both of our mindset. Right. So, so Robert, how can, um, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there looking for investing. You are our sponsor. You're one of our main uh hard money lenders that we go to, to get financing. What is the best way? I know you're, you know, we mentioned it in the beginning of the show and the little ad we do, but what is the best way people can get in touch with you? I'll give you my number and then also our email. If they have a transaction that they want us to look at, it is quite simply, they just email submit at anchorloans.com. Um, if they want to reach me, um, they can reach me directly at Robert F like Frank at anchorloans.com. Um, or they can even call me at 310-345-2696. Uh, uh, I respond to basically all my text messages by the end of the day. Uh, um, emails sometimes go into the next day. Yes. If you try to email him, it may go into a black hole. <laughs> I, I, I literally get like 300 emails. A day, so sometimes it's tough, especially if I'm, if I'm out and about. You know, I do fall behind on emails. but. <laughs> You respond to text messages. So if you get me those, those are good. So when is it best for someone to contact you? I mean, would you prefer that they have a deal? I mean, I'm obviously you don't have time to spend an hour every day with everybody on the phone teaching them how to find houses. That's where they go to House Flipping HQ for, right? I mean, what what I just I like clear cut communication. Like, what is the best when for them to contact you? They have a deal that is already under contract, and they want some financing for it, or they want us to analyze the value for them because they're considering using our financing for it. Okay. That's really the time. And, and, and when they have that, their first step really should be to email it to submit at anchorloans.com. Also, if they want to get um, set up with our company for the financing, I always recommend that, that you do that ahead of time. Um, you don't have to, but it just makes the process so much quicker, especially, you know, these deals, they have to close very, very quickly. And so if we already have you in our system, then really all we have to do is evaluate the property. If we don't have you in a system, then we have to evaluate the property and get you in the system, set you up, and it just takes, a, it's, it's that extra step. Okay, so how would they go about getting set up? So they, they can email, there's, uh, well, there's two emails. Um, the first one, Melissa Woolridge is our, like, pre-processing manager. She handles uh, getting the client set up in the system. It, and her email is Melissa W, and it's M-E- L-I-S-S-A-W at anchorloans.com. Okay. Or her right-hand person for that is Edna W, E-D-N-A-W at anchorloans.com. Okay, that's perfect. Um, all right, Robert. Well, we are super appreciative for all the information you shared. I cannot wait to have uh, my team listen to this call so that we can start implementing some of these strategies. I think they're really cool. I'd love to hear people's feedback on on how it goes. So, um, all right. With that... Uh, have a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Robert. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Pretty good stuff, huh, guys? I thought there were some incredible takeaways there. Um, Robert's just a, he's a very intelligent person and a great businessman. And I don't know, I'm just, just really impressed with some of the things that he's figured out on ways to improve that relationship. I mean, many of you guys know that I've purchased over a hundred houses within the last two years with my main agent and that right relationship with an agent can be a game changer for you. So uh, good, good stuff. For any comments, questions to review any notes or 
check out some tweetable tweets, you can go to housekeepinghq.com slash episode 45, and we'll have all the show notes for you there. You know, I just had a thought. We should find out where Robert is doing his presentations to the agents, and then we'll be there just ready to raise our hand and say, here I am. Take me. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. So anyway, just a thought. Um, Might be a good idea. Hmm. Let's do that. Okay. Kel, go do that. All right. Good job. Okay, so really quick reminder, go to housemanghq.com slash webinar to sign up for our next live webinar where I will answer all of your house flipping questions and discuss in more detail the Fell Forward Fast program, which will be, bar none, the best house flipping real estate investment education you will be able to get. And the price is just insane what we're offering this for. We're just trying to change the way uh, this industry is perceived and the way things are done. And I just think, you know, education should not cost you a fortune and put you in a ton of debt in order for you to learn the things that you need to learn to be successful in this business. Oh, I was about to sign off, but quick reminder, next Wednesday, June the 18th, I will be speaking on a panel at Invest Club for Women. And no, it's not just only for women, it's for men as well. Uh, but yeah, Iris, last week we mentioned that and I will be on their panel and I'd love to see you guys. If you're uh, around in Southern California, uh, come on by, go to investclubforwomen.com. For the details, it'll be in Irvine, California. And come up and say hi, love to see you there. Oh, and also they asked, if, they're gonna be having a drawing and they asked if I would be willing to give uh, anything for that drawing and I said, why don't we give away a free membership to my inaugural Fail Fast Flipping Coaching and Implementation Program? And they were super excited about that. So um, yeah, we're gonna do it. There's gonna be a drawing. We're gonna be giving that free membership away. So come on down and you just might be the lucky winner. Alrighty, and that brings us to the end of another amazing episode of the House Flipping HQ Podcast. We will see you all next week. And until then... Go find, finance, fix, and flip a house. Goodbye, everybody. This has been the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.